Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week. On the show, we got Rob Croyle. Yes, we do. Your favorite host, only host, Logan Daly. I'm still sorry. We haven't found anybody to replace me with. No. I know. No. And special guest. We've looked. We have looked. Someday. Near and far. <laughs> Near and far. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Special <laughs> guest. Special guest, Jen. Nope. Bartlett? Yeah, yeah good there job. It is. <laughs> wow, you do need a new host. <laughs> <laughs> That was like, it was right there, and then as soon as I went to say it, it was gone. Oh, Moment to, did you see the terror in my face? I did, like, yeah. No! That's me at every party. <laughs> like, ah, it was there, I promise. Let me introduce you to my good friend that I just lost her name. Uh, <laughs> blank stare. Let me introduce you to my good friend who's going to introduce themselves. <laughs> have you met this person? Anyway, have uh, you met yeah. Ted? Yeah, have you met Ted? Director of CareNet. Yes, that's me. That is you. The Grand Poopah. Oh, that's what they tell me. The Grand Poopah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You're in charge over there? Yeah. For some reason, seven years ago, they're like, this you is, can do it. This is why we partner with them so much. They're as crazy as us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. This, it all makes sense now. It's coming together crystal clear. Yeah. Crystal clear. So over there at CareNet, uh, what... What basically, in case somebody doesn't know what CareNet is, um, they'd be like, "Is that an is that like a fishing supply store? What mm. there's there's nets? Do we care about them? I don't know. We do care a lot about nets there. <laughs> um, what do you what do y'all do over there? <laughs> uh, so CareNet exists to help men and women in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy. Um, we have free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. We also do free STI testing. And treatment, and then we also come alongside them and um, do parenting classes and offer material assistance. Um, we have a really good working relationship with a lot of other organizations in the community, like WIC and the Public Health Nurse, so we can get them set up on Medicaid. And so, nice. Just want to be there to help them through their pregnancy and get them on solid ground. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that is good stuff. Thanks. And your network is not small. You guys travel now. We do travel now. Have van, we'll travel. Yes, have very big van, and we'll travel. <laughs> <Very big. laughs> Wait, can, can we define how big? How big is a big van? Uh, well, we have a fourteen foot storage unit, and it scrapes the top when it goes in. Fourteen so feet high. Fourteen feet high. It takes a special feet license, long? right? You have to have a Class C. It doesn't. Weird. It's like a motorhome. Oh, it's yeah. It's just as big as a motorhome, but <laughs> so much fancier. But uh, it, fall, it probably falls under that motorhome classification that anybody can drive. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, we intentionally got it right under the needing of a CDL, but I mean, sure, it's large. I feel like a dwarf in it and next to it. So nice. Uh, yeah. If you see that coming, yeah, watch out. Shoot, dang. And we put a deer guard in front of it because, you know, we live in Montana and oh, every yeah. truck right. needs a deer guard. Um, Classic. Yeah. So, but we now take all of our medical services down to Hamilton and Ronan, up to Ronan and up to Sealy Lake. And what's great is we share this mobile unit with the Cal, 
Kalispell Pregnancy Center. And so kind of all of Western Montana is being hit with hope of hmm. pregnancy centers. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's and, super cool. And that's just months old, right? Uh, we've had it since May. So yeah. we're finally, we're getting into a routine. Coming up on its first birthday. Yes, it is. Is there going to be a birthday party? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I love throwing parties, though. So there should be a cake. Oh. We should have a cake. And then have the exhaust blow out the candle. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will want to eat it then, Logan. I didn't say that you should eat that cake. Maybe just a cupcake at the yeah. exhaust, but that would be hilarious. Like a smash cake that they do for first birthdays. <laughs> On the deer guard. Yes. <laughs> ah, nailed it. Oh, oh that man. might happen. <laughs> oh. You know, every once in a while I get a good idea. The the kind of dreaming that happens in this office. <laughs> bringing hope and dreams to the community. The world needs more of it. That's so true. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. It's a stretch. Hope and dreaming for sure. I don't know <laughs> about anything else. <laughs> Yikes. Jury's still out. Yeah. Jury is still out. Cool. Well, other than, uh, other than awesome van of... Uh, this, this sounds like Road Warrior Mad Max. Like, oh it, yeah, does it, it have a name? Uh, we called it the Marley Mobile, um, okay. which is a sentimental reason. We had a nurse uh, suddenly pass away from brain aneurysm oh. two years ago, and oh. so she was like <sighs> wild and crazy, and was like could not wait to drive this mobile unit, and we're sure. all like. <laughs> We can. We can wait we for can. you to drive. <laughs> That's why there's a deer guard. Yeah. So we named it in honor of her because oh, we're man. like, she she would want this That's to be excellent. her regular vehicle. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. So other than the Marley Mobile, mm -hmm. you guys got anything else going on over there? Yeah. We are getting on the university campus, um, which has been awesome. We've been doing that for the last two years. And um, we, on Valentine's Day, will be passing out flowers and chocolate to students as they leave the lunchroom and um, clever yeah yeah we want to make sure they know we love them and care for them i have to go get lunch at campus yeah <laughs> we'll give you chocolate oh, i was just or, in it for the flowers or a rose yeah <laughs> whichever one you want <laughs> um yeah so we set up tables there we are uh, just trying to make sure students know that we're available for them and we I got to set up a table at the Grizz game on Saturday night, which was awesome because, you know, they beat that the Bobcats. Cat. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Shoot dang. Shoot mm -hmm. dang. So I was, I love you guys' advertisement. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at a, an establishment. Uh, it was a year ago because uh, I was watching the Washington State Cougars Mm. in a bowl game and i i didn't have the pac-12 network at that time mm -hmm. and so i was at an establishment and in the restroom and it says did you know that frequent urination <laughs> could be a sign of pregnancy <laughs> and i'm like looking down my stomach <laughs> <laughs> i'm going that's funny yeah <laughs> uh oh that's wonderful. Yeah, we had one where it says UPWC for free. Um, and it was amazing how many people would send me pictures from the bathroom saying, hey, look at your advertisement. Yeah, I, I know what you're doing right now. I don't that, need you to send me that. That's so funny. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I don't know. Personally, my favorite that you guys have had was the when your swipe right goes wrong billboard. Yes. Yeah. That was legit just outside our offices. Right. And it was right next to the Adam and Eve. <laughs> Let's shake things up or no, it was girl next door. Right. That was, yeah. was that that was their sign. Yeah. Um, as approachable as the girl next door. I think I still have a picture of that because I was driving down the street and I saw that and I about drove off the road laughing. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. I loved that as well. And actually, the Independent, who's no longer a newspaper here, uh, wrote an article about that. And they've always kind of not loved what we do because, you know, yeah, they're, they're liberal. The Independent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we they thought that was great. And they were pretty upset with the girl next door comment. I was like, yes, we beat out adam and eve it's like it's probably not hard to do honestly but i didn't have a problem with that they were both clever they were mm-hmm. both funny it wasn't that like it wasn't that big of a deal but it was hilarious getting them both beside each other right that was so good the yeah. juxtaposition oh my yes, gosh you couldn't absolutely. make that up no that was accidental right yeah it was totally <laughs> unintentional that's so. a god thing yeah god showed up he has a sense of humor <laughs> no you guys are s- Super creative, and uh, <coughs> you know, there's simple ways that we've gotten involved with you guys as a church. I'm I'm a volunteer mm-hmm. as a mentor. Um, we've uh, done some diaper drives, and uh, we filled up some some baby bottles with uh, some change. But I also know that your guys is uh, the way you approach vol- volunteerism covers the gamut, like. Mm-hmm. From the simple to the complex. I mean, tell us about just what are some of the different volunteer opportunities that some people may not realize are available. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's uh, as simple as being somebody at your church that we can connect with and can pass the information on to. Like yeah. um, being that church liaison is what we call it. Um, to if you wanted to be in the intake room with a client um, that requires some training and we want to make sure that you're well equipped to do that. And so right. um, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. We don't want you just going in there blind and because huh, I did that part for a while and it's nerve wracking, but it's so rewarding as well. So yeah, um, we have that. We have like, if we have events coming up, like we're always looking for people to help with setup or tear down and, um, we have a clothing room that's just full of used clothes that have to be sorted. So there's really a lot of ways to get involved that could be like direct contact with clients that are coming in or maybe behind the scenes that mm-hmm. depending sure. on what your comfort level is. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, and some of you might be thinking like, what does Karenet have to do with Cain and Abel? <laughs> or like, it, it seems I like an odd question. juxtaposition. But... Hang on tight. I'm about to segue. (laughs) So, Rob, you said this earlier. Cain and Abel's story, like the story of Cain, we were talking about this on Sunday. It's this uh, right there in the middle of it in um, in verse six and seven. God says, like, Cain, why are you angry? Right. You know, why why is your face downcast? And he says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Mm-hmm. And we landed on this. If you just, you can, like, God's not angry in this. God's not mad at Cain at this point. Like, there's no, there's, there's literally no condemnation here. All Cain has to do is just say, nope, I'm just going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's so much like, just get back onto the path here. Right. Get back into working towards relationship with God here. 
And that is so much what you guys do. Absolutely. Of just saying like, yep, you are in a rough situation and things didn't go maybe as they were planned. Um, but there's redemption in this. There's hope in this. Mm-hmm. There's a choice that can be made um, to do what is right. Right. And it's Super never good. too late to do what is right. Yeah. Like you might be all the way at the end of the <laughs> I've done the wrong thing path. There's no hope for me. But God always comes in and says, no, there's another way. Like yep. I have hope for you and like you can do what is right so yeah i remember a number of times in my life where i made a mistake i I made a poor choice and and i sat on the other side of that choice and all i wanted to do was undo that choice Mm -hmm. undo that act you fixate on it and that is fixating on is not redemptive no uh, ne- never has been, not for me. I mean, learning from it, maybe there may be some redemptive things there, but sure. But it's when community has come in to say, and we'll journey with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we'll journey with you in the midst of this, which I think is just a huge part of what you guys do at CareNet. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so oftentimes for me, especially in my young, younger years. Logan likes to call me Ancient of Days. You called yourself that first. I did not come up with that. Disclaimer, I am merely repeating what my elders uh, taught me. (laughs) And by repeating, he means repetitiously. All the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, I want to make sure you don't forget it. You're old. (laughs) Oh! But... uh, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's how old I am. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> in your younger years. In, your, in my younger years, you know, well, it, it feels like when you're young, it feels like every decision is just monumental and mm. and this is all I'm going to know forever. And sure. And, you know, if it's hard, it's always going to be hard. And, and to have that perspective of, of other people that have been down that road before mm-hmm. that have years under the belt, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that's just huge, you know. So, yeah. For uh, sure. You you are not the sum of your mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely. Your past does not have to define you. It may if you choose to make that your future as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much of the narrative of Scripture uh, from the Old Testament to uh, Jesus and, and the things that he said and the way he interacted with people is if, if you do well... Mm-hmm. If you do well, you can look up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So thank you for what you guys are doing. I appreciate uh, the partnership that we have with you guys. And Yeah, me too. I'm glad to be here and glad to partner with you guys. So Yeah. Pretty cool. Bueno. Well, that was a, lo- that was a perfect little segue. I loved that. Um, also, let's throw out uh, shortcomings. Do you have any? Shortcomings, you know, you... Just 
you mentioned Hebrews 2, that we read from Hebrews 2 the week before, ah. and you're going to read from Hebrews 1. It's actually <sighs> Hebrews 12 to 12. One. The verse chapter, yeah. you know. Uh, I was already <laughs> running long. It was fine. <laughs> that was in the benediction, right? That was in the benediction. Oh, see, so they didn't even show up in the recording. They never would have known. You didn't even have to No, it was... You did oh, a fantastic well. job. No, that was, there was... Uh, the, okay, no, there was one shortcoming, and I realized this last night. I sent this link. I sent the link to the sermon to my entire family because uh, I was like, hey, check it out. I preached today. I threw it down to my, my aunt and uncle down in California, my mom and dad. Now, my mom and dad and my siblings listened to it. Uh, I don't know if the Californians did or not, but uh, my dad I was talking to him last night. He said, yeah, we listened to your sermon, and then I realized that Oh, wait, when I was talking about getting socks for Christmas, I got socks from my mom and dad. I got socks from my aunt and uncle. Like, I got socks from everybody. And I was just using this as a, like a, a whatever, like... And so, vandal socks from my father do not count as a regular gift because they have the holier-than-thou Idaho vandal logo on them. <laughs> Thus, those are a good, good gift from a good, good father. You are just trying sucking. to. Suck I'm really it up trying right now, here. Aren't you? <laughs> You're going to send him this link Ooh. now. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I already said all this last night. Uh, but no. your, your betas weren't offended, were they? No, the betas. Uh, no, the betas are all good. Other than I started medically dosing cannonball again, so now he's pissed at me and was just sulking in the co- corner. Oh, he's got fin rot, and then you put this medication; it makes the water really cloudy. But he, it's it's like he gets sulky. It's very strange. Anyway, that's enough about my betas. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy fish person. Uh, yeah. So that that was a shortcoming was not remembering. Oh wait, they got me socks. Maybe I should pick something else that I didn't get for Christmas as an analogy. <laughs> Next year, the beta will come with socks. Ooh, yikes. Or your family's just only going to get you socks. They might. They might. Payback. Which is, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad. Like I do. I do actually enjoy socks. <laughs> but Teresa's painting that she gave me—that's still the best. It's true. You'll have to show me later. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was that. That was a shortcoming. Anyway, I uh, thought that we'd share in the the disaster that that became. I was like, oh no, what have I done? Anyway. <laughs> So let's uh, let's dig into Genesis four here. I've called Genesis four Genesis three about six times this week. I realized also that was another thing. That's Just talking with people. That's fun. Like they're the same story in my mind. Apparently, <laughs> he did talk about repetition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in in the sermon we talked about I talked about this concept of this partner relationship um, that Eve is partnering with God. To as she says, you know, with the help of God, I have acquired a son. Um, and then Cain then partners with God as a farmer. Um, but the part of and and part of this analogy that that's really important, and we just want to make sure everybody gets this, is this this concept of like senior and junior partner in the relationship. And there's this tension in the in the in the verbiage there that kind of reveals itself of like who's partnering with who. Um, and there's a book that I used in a lot of the prep work here. It's called The Beast That's Crouching at the Door. It's by Rabbi David Foreman. 
Yes. Uh, we've quoted him a lot. Uh, Marty, our good friend Marty Solomon uh, from the Bayman podcast, uses his material all the time. Uh, this guy is excellent for Old Testament material. Um, but one of the things he uses in his book is this analogy of using uh, Edison as the creator of the, the light bulb, right? And so Edison acquires the light bulb. And one of the things he says is uh, acquiring implies ownership over the thing. Creating something leads to a choice of if I will assert control over it or not. Um, imagine <coughs> if I wrote some software program, right? And I would have the choice of making it either freeware or paid software that somebody would have to, you know, I could just put it out there for anybody or I could make it like you have to specifically go through me. Now, if, and, and this is a lot of times we would think like, oh, that's greedy to retain control over this. And maybe that's the problem. It's not necessarily an issue because maybe you're just trying to protect it and keep it, you know, in the form of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so that in itself isn't necessarily the problem is this this ownership. But the so Edison acquires the light bulb, right? He comes up with the idea, he's got this idea that is going to change the world, right? But what he has to do is he has to partner with a glass blower to create the the bulb, mm -hmm. right? And Edison doesn't have the the skills to create the bulb that he needs with a vacuum on the inside because if you don't fun fact, if you don't have a like your light bulb, if it's not a vacuum, it will explode. Uh, that's I didn't know that. <laughs> I think, well, maybe I knew that, but that was buried back in my like physical science mind back in seventh grade or something. Um, but this concept of he has to partner with this glass blower. And so the glass blower then, you know, gets to create and gets to be a part of this. And it's excellent. And, may, you know, may, he always wanted to change the world, but he was always just a glass blower. And what was he going to do? Well, now he has this platform because Edison has partnered with him. So imagine mm. Eve has this desire to create this, this, you know, she wants to give birth and give life. But, you know, what is she? Well, she, God provides the means for her to do this. So she gets to partner with him. And it's obvious, like, one of them is the senior partner. God is the senior partner in this relationship. <clears throat> well, at some point in the, in the analogy, maybe, maybe the glassblower starts thinking, well, if I didn't make these, Edison would still be sitting in his workshop with exploding light bulbs. So who's really more important here, right? Which is where we get to this concept of Cain just giving some of what he has, um, and it being, you know, maybe this is where we get the idea. Maybe he's got this, this partnership flipped in his mind. And this is what God's talking about of maybe you got to put your pride down, Cain. You got to realign yourself with, with what's actually going on here. Um, so that, that's just kind of a little clarification from, you know, cause there was, there was a lot to talk about in this. Um, and so I was trying to keep us under six hours of sermon. <laughs> the first time I ran it, I was going for like, it was like 58 minutes. I'm like, nobody wants this. And again, so the Eve says, I have acquired yep. a man from Yahweh. So there's a, an yep. acquire. And that word for, for acquire, Kana, yep. is where we get Cain's name. That's where name. we get Cain's name. Yeah. And just a fun little... Fun little tidbit. Most of the time, 
um, most of the time when they they have kids, so that they'll and they have a son whom they named, and you get this, and they you get this, and they named him Jacob or whatever, mm-hmm. right? In this one with both Cain and Abel, it says, and she conceived and bore Cain. Just like he comes out, this is his name. Um, and she bore his brother Abel. This is his name. This defines, it's almost more than just saying like this will define, like this is who you are. Um, I That's just kind of, it's really fascinating in this story that the, just that little difference really kind of gives it a little extra oomph. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of fun there. The uh, So I'll, I'll just say this. We will look at the way uh, Rabbi For- David Foreman and, and others wrestle with the Old Testament scriptures in particular because they've been looking at this longer than we have. Oh, yeah. And and they've been wrestling with, well, the rabbi's been wrestling with, well, what does this mean? What is God trying to trying to communicate? And so uh, we try to adopt the Eastern mindset, although we're doing it through the lens of the Western. I mean, sure. we're, we're very Western in our way of approaching the Eastern mindset. You know, and we've <laughs> we like said, our graphs. We've said and, this before. It's not wrong to have the Western mindset. It's just, it's looking at it through a different lens. You know, I said that in the, I think it was in the intro to Genesis sermon, actually. Um, like, it's not wrong to look at it from a Western perspective, but it's maybe not complete. And um, so when the Eastern Earth recognizes that a name holds significance, mm-hmm. we have to kind of ask the question, well, what what could that significance mean? Yep. And And what does that say to in the overall story. The basic reading of the story is still the basic reading of the story. Absolutely. And that's at the foundation of any interpretation. You, you have to start there. So it's not like we're going to come up with something radically different by yeah. considering like some if, of these if questions. You, if, you're, if you've never, you didn't even know that this was from the Bible or whatever, and you read this story, you know, and you're, you don't know anything other than this, and you just read this story about this, this character, Cain, who then gets told by God, like, you know, why are you angry? Don't, you know, sin's crouching at your door. And then Cain goes out and does this thing. He murders his brother. There's a punishment. Like, murder's bad. You can totally pull that from this. Don't murder people. That is a lesson to be had from this story. Yeah, there's consequences. Like, it, it causes separation. Jealousy's bad. Anger can lead to this. You know, it's, it's almost like Yoda. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering means you kill your brother. Like... I, it's right there. But, uh, you know, that's just that Peshat level, that surface level. You know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited you worked in a Star Wars reference. I was pretty happy. <laughs> well, okay, so Gordon Gordon wanted to know how many movie references I was going to get into the sermon because I do that apparently a lot. I didn't even realize that I did that a lot. But I don't, I don't know if I had any in, the, in this sermon. I might have. I, I don't know. They just come out. But if not, then Gordon, there's your there's your movie reference for this. <laughs> would have been so much better than talking about socks. That's, that's it, it would have been. That, yeah, I should have talked about movies instead of socks. <laughs> then my family would love me. Yeah, save the family relationship. I uh, know. Right? Uh, no, yeah. it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they all still love me. I'm still the favored one. 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kane. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, oh, no, no. We had some great discussion in care group last night. Side note, Rob, if you're in care group this week or anybody else is in care group this week and having this discussion, just start talking about family history and like where you've seen Cain and Abel and jealousy and stuff play out in your family. That's all you need to talk about in care group. That was the most fun. You, you just like, pull a pin and walk away. Right. And see what and happens. Just you just throw this one. Like I just lob I, it I in. gave one story from my life. I'm like the story of me being the favored grandchild. And then there was this legit flip between me to Brian one trip. And I told that story and it just like unleashed story upon story upon story from people. It was, it was so good. It was a good time. It was a good time had by all. <laughs> anyway. Let's uh, let's talk about similarities. So in the sermon, I mentioned four similarities. There's uh, between Genesis 3 and 4. Uh, there's the where. God asks where, and it's the same word in it. There's hiding involved. Mm-hmm. There's farming, working the ground, and then there's exile. These are big four big ones that, you know, even Micaiah caught. You know, the, the nine-year-old in the room caught that. Right. Which was, oh, I was so excited about that. So, so excited. Fruit is also at the center of the story. Fruit. Yep. Oh, yeah. Fruit's at the center of the story. Um, and then uh, desire. Yep. Uh, desire is at the center, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk here. about that in a second. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> God says uh, the voice of the blood of your brother cries out to me. And that word for the voice, it's the same word for the sound mm-hmm. of the Lord walking in the garden, the sound, the voice of the Lord. Oh, and it's nice. the same same word for you listen to the voice of your wife. Interesting. So so that's that's... That's another similarity. I think it's interesting that uh, they says that the voice of the blood of your brother cries out to me from the ground. Adam and Eve, Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground, and and you know his blood hitting the ground. We talked about the blood is what carries the oxygen. It was the it, it was the breath of God that. Uh, was uh, that made Adam alive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Adam comes out of Adama, uh, which is the ground, and the breath of God is breathed <coughs> into the nostrils. What carries that throughout the body is the blood. <coughs> and so we surmise that maybe there's some significance of why why the Jewish cultural laws speaks so much about yeah. the blood and and you know why they carry that one on in acts that's it, one of the that's one of the four that they give the gentiles right sanctity of life sanctity mm-hmm. of life but then the then the blood returning to the ground mm-hmm. causes this alarm system as it were to god mm-hmm. like ooh there's problems mm-hmm. sure and so, um, so anyway, I I just found that interesting. That's a good, that's a good little tidbit right there. I like that. Good stuff. 
But tell us about desires. Oh man, this is so. This is this is just mind blowing. I was I was reading this book, and he gets to this part talking about desires, and obviously, so in uh, in the story here, it says uh, in verse seven, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, uh, but you must rule over it. Or uh, some, it'll be like its desire is for you but you must rule over it, depending on the translation, something like that. Um, this, this desire is uh, the, the word for this that they use is tushuka. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we're going to go with it. It looks like tushuka, so uh, T-E-S-H-U-K-A-H-S, if you want to go research this more. But the, there are four primal tushukas in the world is what the sages and i'm reading from foreman's book here that the sages will say there's these four primal tushukas uh they there are four beings full of life force seeking to overflow and share that gift of life with others okay uh so the four that he'll talk about are the desire of god for humanity right desire like god wants to overflow and mm. share this life force with humanity right which is why he creates because does god need humanity well not like what he's god mm-hmm. like but he decides to create humanity he wants to overflow it's like uh if you're teaching if you're a student of something and then you get so excited about what you're learning that then you have to go and teach somebody like you have to explain this to everybody that you meet because you're so excited about your research doctoral statement or something right it's going to overflow because you're full of this right uh the next one is the rain to the ground the rain to the land which is like a little odd um that this the land doesn't need or the land does need the rain to produce right um but the rain doesn't water doesn't necessarily need land to fulfill its wateriness um but it's it it brings this life it wants to overflow into the land um the other two are eve's desire for her husband which we see as part of the curse in genesis 3 um and you will desire your husband but he will and he will rule over you right uh and then the last one is this desire that we see in genesis 4 uh with cain which seems a little that one's a little different you're like but that's but that's a bad desire right this is a bad desire, which I kind of talked about in the sermon without explaining all of this. It's not necessarily like it's it's like it could be a good time as the geo with a V12, which my Gen Z people didn't know what a geo were. What? Were, what a geo were? What a geo was. Oh, is, they didn't know what a geo was. Because it is past tense. Oh, man. Wow. I know. Now you feel like Ancient of Days. I do feel Ancient of Days, which what does that make Rob? No. Anyway. They only had three <laughs> cylinders. I mean, you weren't missing much. <laughs> <laughs> so if we... <laughs> B12, that'd be like a, a four... It'd be four times this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's going to move. This, the, the concept being that it's these desires that are that come from overflowing. Um, and what they'll say is the uh, desires based on fullness are every bit as real as those based on need. This is coming out of the book. In fact, one might argue that they are felt even more intensely than those based on need. Uh, consider the following statement made by the rabbis of the Talmud. More than a calf wants to suckle, the mother wants to nurse. Now, 
if you think of a, a mom cow and a calf, the calf needs to suckle. Its desire is to suckle because it needs the sustenance. But the mom has this motherly, like, they really want to take care of their baby. Does that give them anything? A sense of fulfillment, maybe? Yeah. Like, maybe. But it's this. But at the root, it costs them something. Yeah, it does. Like when Christy is being motherly, usually money's coming out of her bank account. I mean, this. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, or time out of her schedule, or yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's, 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 there's this cost, and I'm and and the only thing that, like for me, it's like, oh, she's being mom. I need to just yeah, absolutely because I, I can look at the spreadsheet and going, well, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, but but in the equation of motherhood, it makes perfect sense yep it's coming from this place of fullness yeah like there's it's just a super strong desire and so this is the when we when we're hearing this and and its desire is for you cain's desire to create to bring life from the soil to accumulate is how it it, you know it's it's this it, it can manifest itself badly if he doesn't direct it but if he does direct it it could have been great right um this is the this is the des- the desire that it's talking about there and that was the that was the last co- that's the connection that i mentioned in the sermon that i said people would have to go find or we might talk about on footnotes which we did so you're welcome but i would i would recommend once again i'm going to recommend again get this book read this book it's fascinating or at least go research this well when i was reading genesis 2 and i was preparing for that sermon i was looking at all the different words and mm-hmm. if you want to know how to do that um we could show you, but BibleHub.com is actually an excellent tool. You, you pull up the chapter and verse, and then you are able to select Hebrew from one of the sub-menus, and, and it gives you word for word for word, and you could go click on that word and see where else it's used and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And, and this is how we, we, when we come and tell you that there's, hey, there's repetition in this story. Well, this That's is where we're we getting know. it from. This is how we verify that there's repetition. If if we've heard that there's repetition, mm-hmm. but I was looking at this word uh, that God said that the trees that He created, the, the whole Garden of Eden, were desirable. Yep, it's the same word for do not desire your neighbor's wife. Mm-hmm. Do not desire your neighbor's slave. Do not, like, desire is, is good. Right. When it's in the right context. When it's in the right, right context. When it's managed, when it's controlled, when you have control over it and it doesn't have control over you. We got to talking last night. The, the gal, one of the gals we went out to dinner with last night, <coughs> she's eating vegan. Okay. Because her husband has some serious health concerns. And the doctor said, hey, if you eat like this, your health will improve. Hmm. And so she is eating vegan with her husband. And and she is very serious about eating vegan, hmm. uh, even to the point where 
uh, will not eat honey because it comes from bees. Wow. And so being very, very strict about this diet. And of course, people are like, oh, that's awful. And I, and I said, you know, we were just talking about, you know, Genesis 2 and how we focus on the thou shalt not. We but focus on the downside. We focus sure. on the downside. I said, but it sounds to me like you are excited for this opportunity to have a different diet with your husband so that you can continue to enjoy having him in your life. And she said, absolutely, which is mm. the right approach to making a change like that, mm. focusing on what you get. That's so good. That's what really you good. get when you control your desires, not what you don't get. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's exactly like that is the core of this story. Like you have the ability to control these desires. You have the choice. So many good things, so many good things available to us. Like absolutely, like the gal last night, and I won't mention her name because she doesn't want her story out there. You know, it's not my really my story to to tell. But uh, it's kind of like socks. I'll just use this as an example. It's sure, not, we're not yeah. really talking about socks. Yep. But just if socks were a thing, if socks were a thing, yeah. So they'd be a great gift. They'd be a wonderful <laughs> gift. Highly cherished. Highly cherished, especially <laughs> if there's University of Idaho. If they're yeah, vandal well, socks, oh, man. Yeah. That's the best. That is the fat portions right there. <laughs> but but my friend, my friend was thinking about hiking and fishing and hunting mm. and, and all these other activities that she gets to enjoy with her husband. Not thinking about. Oh, I don't get to have bacon cheese and bacon would be sad but yeah it would be sad <laughs> she does be, love i'm gonna be honest i would be more sad about the cheese she loves her cheese but bacon i would give up bacon before i gave up cheese apparently she loves her husband more that's probably good, good. <laughs> i'm no expert but i feel like that's what that's supposed to look like yeah so there you go cool yeah i, I love love this idea of the way they're looking at desires and yeah i so often we think in terms of how bad this is, how bad that is, how bad. I think God really wants us to live. Mm-hmm. Live. Right. We focus on our mistakes and what we don't have and brokenness. And and do we face challenges? Yeah. On occasion. It's been known to happen. And some people face challenges beyond my imagination. Mm. You know, just inundated, and and our family's been inundated with some things. You know, and so comparison for other people, you know, like health wise, my daughters have faced infinitely more harder things than my boys. And my boys have been basically clean, clean bill of health. Mm. You know, and so we could focus on what we don't have or we could focus on how hard things are or we could or we could focus on what we do have we could focus on how big our god is and and is he still telling a good story does he still have good things for us so cool yeah. that's really good bueno last thing we want to talk about 
just just a just a wee little thing is the rest of the chapter. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the sermon, I only went up to to verse to to sixteen Genesis sixteen, as I would say. I, it's not actually Genesis <laughs> verse sixteen of chapter four, because um, I don't know how to use Bible references. I'm really good at that. Uh, Mr. Nodacker from Reference Skills in seventh grade is rolling wherever he is at. I don't think he. I think he's still alive. I think he's in. He lives in Hawaii now, so he's probably. He probably doesn't care. Anyway, uh, he's probably surfing. Oh, maybe that would be. That is an image in my head now. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the end of after sixteen. Cain goes away from the presence of the Lord and settles in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And from 17 to 26 in chapter 4, we get this uh, this list of Cain's um, offspring. Right? right. So Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. Uh, when he built a city, he called... Them, and so we go, we go down through. So Cain's first child is Enoch. And then at the end of the chapter... At 25, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth was also born a son, and his name was Enosh. At the time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So, there's, and I'd never noticed this before, but there's this direct correlation between Cain and his son Enoch and Seth and his son Enosh. These names are very, very similar. Um, Also, if you break down the meaning of Seth's name and the meaning of Cain's name, there's a lot of similarity there also. It's almost as if Adam and Eve are replacing the son that they, the firstborn that they lost with Seth. And there's this odd parallel. And we get, obviously we see uh, Seth, Mo, uh, Seth has Enosh, and then down through the line we get Noah, right? Well, down through the line of Cain, earlier in verses, those verses where it goes through his Cain, we get this character, um, Lamech. I think I'm saying that right? Lamech. Lamech. Yep. I don't know. You put a little phlegm in there. Lots of phlegm. You're like hissing like... It's fine. Uh, just put the white filter on the on the podcast there. Just... Anyway. Uh, so we get this... Uh, there's this Midrash teaching of um, Cain's great, 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 whatever, grandson, Lamech. <clears throat> now, and this is this is the, uh, the Midrash. Lamech was a seventh generation... Descendant of Cain. Pause. Seventh generation. What was the cur or what was the mark of Cain going to? Uh, it was it was time seven, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Maybe we should pay attention when there's a seventh generation or something that might be important. Uh, descendant of Cain. He was blind, and he would go out hunting with his son, who was named Tuval Cain. Uh, or Tuval Cain. Uh, his son would lead him by the hand. And when he would see an animal, he would inform his father, who would proceed to hunt it. One day, Tuval Cain, the son, cried out to his father, Lamech, I see something like an animal over there. Lamech pulled back on his bow and shot. 
The child peered from afar at the dead body and said to Lamech, What we killed bears the figure of a man, but it has a horn protruding from its forehead. Lamech then exclaimed in anguish, because Lamech is blind, because why wouldn't you take your blind father hunting? Right. (laughs) Woe unto me, it is my ancestor Cain. And he clapped his hands together in grief. In doing so, though he unintentionally struck Tuval Cain, his son, and killed him too. Oh my god! This is the Midrash. Now, if you're not familiar with Midrash, Midrash is this, uh, it's like the folklore stories that supplement. They, they put these stories around the, the biblical text to help us understand some concepts. Now, this story, this Midrash story is wild. One, we've got a unicorn horn coming out of Cain's forehead which apparently is the mark of Cain, is he, he's got a unicorn horn. Um, and we've got uh, Tuval Cain. <laughs> we've got Tuval Cain, the, the, the eighth, I guess it would be the eighth generation or whatever, uh, taking his blind father out hunting. And when we read in four, um, let me see if I can find this here. And what uh, does blindness mean to... What does blindness mean? Who might be some? Who might be some other patriarchs or or people in the Bible that are blind? So uh, Isaac, yep. just going to say that thing. was blind. Uh, he, or, hard hard of seeing. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and. There's a couple other ones in there, but this this concept of blindness definitely ties in that, um, oh, uh, I think it was the, Wasn't was it? the priest. Yeah, it was the with priest. The, with the two sons that go off and are like stealing the fat portions and he's, I th- I'm pretty sure he's hard of sight too. Yes. So but there's a tie in with the blindness for sure. There's this, so it's this thought that you're not, Jesus talks about if you have a good eye. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and if you have a bad eye, how how dark is the darkness? So it is this idea of not seeing evil. Mm. Yep. Not seeing, unwilling to address within family, unwilling to address what's going on, mm-hmm. the evil. Right. So. So in verse twenty-three, or sorry, not twenty-three, twenty-two. So we're we're hearing about Lamech has two wives, and his second his wife Zillah also bore Tubal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. Depending on your translation, that might tell you like he was the forger of weapons. Mm. So what we see in this with this midrash is Cain's great 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 great, great grandson has perfected killing. Cain, the first murderer, the, he's, he's set this generational like ball rolling and it's perfected down with his great, 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 whatever, grandson, who's perfecting weapons, right? And then takes his father out and then they're hunting, right? And this comes back and actually bites Cain. In the Midrash, it comes back and bites Cain literally with an arrow. Um, the other thing to take from the Midrash is that Cain goes out and becomes this wanderer and he has embraced this 
animalistic side of him. This because he couldn't control his desires. He instead of being like man, he has decided to be like an animal, and so he is wandering around and he is indistinguishable from the animal to his great to Tubal Cain, which is why Tubal Cain points his father, points Lamech at him, and has Lamech shoot him. Holy cow! Like when you start to pull these apart, like oh yeah, that's a crazy story, but the the lessons that they're trying to teach you with mm-hmm. this are absolutely fascinating. Now, also you've got like, so then you've got these great, 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 like you look at the descent, Cain's line ends in tragedy, in perfecting weapons and perfecting the art of killing, essentially, versus Seth, whose line descends down to Moses, or not Moses, to Noah, who's the only person worth saving on the earth when we get to the flood. Right. Well, and... It's interesting that they, from the Midrash, it sounds like the rabbis believe that Tubal Cain was killed by his father. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why that you could read into that is in verse 22, it says, uh, says what Tubal Cain does, right? Mm-hmm. He's the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. And then this strange little sentence that follows the sister of Tubal Cain was Namah. You don't need to know who his sister is yep. unless he doesn't survive. Yep. Fascinating. Because they don't mention women in the genealogies unless it's important. Just the way it is. Yeah. They're patriarchal jerks. Yeah. <laughs> just called the Bible patriarchal jerks. Uh, just the people who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some more jerks. They're pretty if you want to move further away, like it's getting a little staticky over here. Right, lightning. <laughs> they are moment. patriarchal, and some of them are jerks about it, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, no, it is. Yeah, I mean the. Yep. Anytime, I mean, I was reading Matthew one today, and anytime you see women listed, you should probably pay attention. Pay attention. There's there's something that the author's trying to introduce to the story. And what the author's trying to introduce in Matthew 1 is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, interesting. It is interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, that's fun. Yeah, that is that is good. Oh, just because this popped into my head. There's also the little, so Cain gets exiled. We're like, well, he killed somebody, though. That's a pretty light, lenient... There's a speculation that maybe he didn't realize he was going to kill his brother because murder hadn't happened. <laughs> Unlike Rob said with the animals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but okay, but he probably knew he was going to die because like, they'd done sacrifices. But the speculation there is that he didn't realize that he was going to kill his brother. It was accidental somehow because he gets exiled. And when you look later on in the law... When they hand down the law, if you murder somebody, you're getting put down. If you accidentally kill somebody, you get exiled. Oh, fascinating. Right? Like, that's a fun little... Yeah. Huh. Anyway, Hmm. that popped up into my... We talked about that last night at Care Group, and it popped into my brain. I don't know why it popped into my brain, but it did. So now you know. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) That's why why we do footnotes. (laughs) Just so that random stuff can pop out of my mouth. 
Oh, that's great. This has been so a fun one. The big takeaway from this footnotes is Logan loves socks. That is adore socks. Just wants more and more. I really yep. Socks the best, the best gift you can give anybody ever. And not vandal socks. You you hate those. <laughs> no. No. Those are the best. Those are Tove Mayode. The oh, second <laughs> those are Tove Mayode. Tove Mayode. Uh the only thing that would come after well, so you vandal socks and then right after that, close second would be thermal socks. Thank you, Aunt Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yep. Moral of that story is think through your analogies before you preach them. And then if you do preach them, think through who you're going to send that sermon link to. Whoops. Anyway. Sometimes what comes out of your mouth is a surprise to you, too. Most of what comes out of my mouth is a surprise to me. Join us again next uh, week for another episode of Footnotes. Or also foot in known the mouth. as, what did Logan say? <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah thanks for joining us though if you want to shoot us an email it's info at missionridge.church jen if people want to talk to you about carenet stuff info at carenetmissoula.org well that's easy or carenetmissoula.org is our website piece of cake right mm-hmm. there love it love it well glad to have you with us we'll catch you next time peace you've been listening to footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.